Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from our webinar, Digital Marketing Hacks for 2023. For this webinar, I was joined by Travis Tyler, Senior Digital Content Producer at PandaDoc. Travis was a great guest on the webinar and he came in with big energy. He's a very entertaining listen and he knows a thing or two about digital marketing. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Essential B2B Podcast. Joining me to discuss digital marketing hacks and more is Travis Tyler, Senior Digital Content Producer at PandaDoc. Hi, Travis. How are you doing? What's up, Joe? Good to be here, my man. Got to bring the high energy. Big energy straight out of the gate. And I'm sure that's definitely a caffeinated beverage you're sipping on there, I bet. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, Travis, you're, um, you're very active on social media. We're big fans here of the stuff that you produce. What are your top tips for producing content that really cuts through the noise? I think one of the biggest tips I have is to look outside of business. If you are a business and you want to engage and entertain people, I think you need to step outside of the business world and get some inspiration from other sources. So for me, I try to blend together um, a few different areas and I watch a lot of sports shows. So uh, sports broadcasters, notoriously big personalities, silly they've been doing it for for decades and they know what they're doing when it comes to creating engaging content uh over here in the states i enjoy npr um specifically i really like uh fresh air which is an interview series by terry gross and she is an inspiration for me on how i interview my guests how i ask my questions how i prepare for my show and then a few other sources that i get inspiration from and how to um you know, engage audiences and create content is an educational podcast that I absolutely love and recommend for everyone is called Freakonomics uh, with Stephen Dubner and a comedy podcast. And I will give a warning here. It is very dirty. It is very raunchy and it is very inappropriate. And I know um, my European friends will love it. Americans who are a little more prude will probably be like, oh my God. Um, is a comedy podcast called Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and Christina P. And I try to blend these sources together. So that's my tip for folks is try to find inspiration in an adjacent area to business that is not necessarily right in your wheelhouse and you might find a little more spark in your creativity. I suppose if people are seeing the same sorts of things over and over again, you know, like you know, graphs and bits and pieces, here's how we did this with X number of things getting inspiration from elsewhere and then just bringing that to the forefront of, of your audience and create. So that's, that's the key is it? it's taking it from, as you say, almost an outside of business perspective and go, right, we'll just bring this over and reframe it. Correct. Fantastic. So are there any, um, are there any hacks for um, influencer marketing within that at all then? I think there are definitely places you can draw inspiration from, I will give a shout out to my friends who have created an amazing community to be a part of called Social Social. It's run by um, Will Aitken, Jen Allen, and Nick Capozzi. And they recently were doing a live stream, I think last week or the week before, and they were showing uh, Mr. Beast over on YouTube. Guy knows what he's doing. Love him, hate him. Um, he's a millionaire. He knows how to create content. And so... You know, looking at influencers and how they create marketing, but one thing that we're doing that I'm really excited to share with you, Joe, is I have turned inward. We have 800 and 
don't know, 50 employees at Panadoc. And I have a lot of talented people at my company. And we're trying to create internal volunteer influencers uh, so that it's not just always my face on every single video coming out of Pandadoc. So this year specifically, I've come up with a strategy. It's on a document, so it's official, Joe, uh, where <laughs> I have monthly requests I put in from four or five different employees here at my company. And I outline uh, a, a recommendation. I show uh, a script. I have uh, links to the vertical video, whether it's a, an a Instagram reel or a TikTok, and I say, hey, we wanna recreate this. Can you record yourself? And here's how you're gonna record yourself. Just send it to me, record it on your phone, upload it to Google Drive, and then I'll take care of the rest. And so that's how I'm tapping into influencer marketing in an internal way. And my tip here is don't just pick anybody at your company. Um, I found people who were already creating vertical videos on their own for fun. And I was like, ooh, can you work with me? Do you want to work with me? And they were like, yes, of course. So there's not that much coaching involved. And I don't have to teach people a whole lot of how to record themselves. They get it. They watch TikToks. They're on the platforms. They understand it. And that is my tip. And I suppose it's incredible how quickly then that those regular faces, for sure, if they keep coming up and coming up in the, in, within your, your company, very, very quickly, people will recognize that person from that company and associate it with your brand. And I guess it's all, we had um, uh, James Gale on a little while ago who runs um, uh, Shogun Social. And he, he uh, you know, introduced the idea of creating a parasocial bond, which is effectively, it is exactly that, is recognition of a brand through someone's face. Um, I, I th that, that sounds like a, a, a just sort of, it's almost user generated content, but from your company. That's, that's a real smart idea, Travis. I, I like that one. <laughs> well, what about, see, so it's, again, it's a smart idea. I, I think so. And I'm glad you do too. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's a new role for me, kind of taking a step back from being just a pure creator, uh, which mm. I've been doing for like the last two years here at PandaDoc and stepping into more of like a influencer uh, management role where I'm directing people and nobody's reporting into me. So let me not get my ego too big. These are just people <laughs> who are kind enough to volunteer and say, Travis, I'll record this for you, no problem. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. We're gonna try to run it, um, but you're tapping into exactly what we're trying to um, do over here, which is the creating a parasocial relationship through um, our social networks and a recognizable face to brand connection. Mm. Fantastic. So you, you did mention there that, that you've got this sort of the strategy of, um, okay, so here's the script. This is what I want from you. Da, 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 da. Are there any other sort of hacks with content planning that you can share with us? Is it a case of, do you literally plan out, okay, every single post is planned out or do you leave a bit of flexibility? Should anything come up? How does that look in your company? You'd think at a company of our size, we'd have it super ironed out and um, like programmatic. Our podcast has become that way uh, due to necessity because it is such a large lift for us and we're, and we're spending a lot of money on it and uh, we're putting a lot of you know weight into that. I have come up with a very like rigid system where I'm mapping out episodes quarters in advance, lining up guest pre-interviews and then interviews. Um, working in monday.com as our kind of program or project management tool and um, coordinating those efforts with the different agencies that help us with editing, that help us with recording. Um, 
when it comes to our vertical video content, we're not quite there yet. Um, and I will say that we do try to leave some room for improvisation and spur of the moment ad hoc creativity. One of my favorite creators on TikTok, who I've copied some of his videos and brought them over, you know, over to PandaDoc and make sense in the business world. He talked about like, when he tries to schedule out creative time, he doesn't create anything. <laughs> and that happens to me too, Joe. And that's like, it's the nature of the beast. If you want to cre create, you know, really uh, nuanced content, sometimes blocking out the time to do it, it just doesn't, doesn't come to you. Mm. Um, and so I recommend folks do what you, you, you kind of alluded to in the beginning, which is try to hammer out your processes, but leave some room for flexibility and some creativity. Um, there is no, you must create X number of vertical videos this month, Travis. It's, what do you recommend we try to do this month, Travis? And I say, well, let me try to get at least one vertical video from five different people at my company, and I'll see what I can create in addition to that. And that helps us have some magical moments where I'm inspired, and the next thing I know, I'm in a flow state, and I'm just four hours of costumes and different angles and getting silly and creating what will hopefully be an engaging video for folks. I mean, you do, you mentioned, you know, costumes and I am surprised you aren't dressed as a panda because you seem to be <laughs> in quite a lot of your videos. So, <laughs> um, my next question for you is quite a big one, Travis. I'm intrigued uh, with your answer for this one. How do you get a return on investment from your digital content? I will tell you that is, it's tough and it, it's not going to be easy for anybody. But the way that I do it is a combination of qualitative and quantitative um, recognition. I'll start with the qualitative piece. I screenshot every DM I get on social that complements my work or our work. And I save that in a folder. Um, and then I whip that bad boy out quarterly and share that with my boss to share with the team at large. Because sometimes the numbers don't cover it all. The impact we're having, our CRO, loves to see numbers ticking upwards in terms of engagement metrics and ensuring that you know we're seeing more website visitors or conversions uh, coming in from like social last attribution touch but in addition what can be more compelling and create that warm fuzzy feeling is seeing the screenshot that i share in a slack channel that shows somebody that's like love the you know work you're doing that post was hilarious big fan of pandadoc we actually just signed up for a free trial i mean that goes that's huge for us and right now, I will be honest with you, Joe, we have not a great, uh, not as good of a view into our attribution as we would like. And I think this is something that, you know, whether we're, we're a unicorn company and this is still an area that we struggle. Um, we don't have a great tool that shows us uh, like one-to-one or one to two or two to one or whatever your you know ROI or your ROAS is on like a sort you know, a so, an organic social post. Um, mm. I posted on LinkedIn mockingly recently uh, where I said, "What is what is a new social follower worth to the company?" And I did it in like the Reddit style, like lower lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase. And I basically said like, "If you have to ask, then you don't understand how people shop anymore." Um, and they trust people 
they buy from people and it happens on the dark social. Um, and that stuff's just, unless you have a form field on your, you know, your, your website where you're collecting demos or free trials or whatever, if you're a service or a, a product-based company um, that says, you know, where did you hear about us or what made you sign up today? And people are, you know, people are filling that in and then you're using that data. Unless you have that set up, your ROI is just going to be kind of like a guess. We're going, oh, well, you know, engagement metrics, uh, social follower count, um, share of voice, you know, through a, a PR tool or a, a Sprout social kind of tool, those types of things. So a long-winded answer to basically say, like, it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's hard out here for us creators to show our, our, our return on investment. Yeah, absolutely. I do understand where you're coming from on that one, Travis. To be completely honest with you, um, just just on the sort of the social selling side of things, then how, how important would you say community is to to selling socially? I think um, it's important as hell, and I think where I want to like talk about this is community. To me. From a business standpoint can mean so many different things are we talking about a community of existing customers are we talking about a community of prospects both you know for panadoc we do i think a really freaking good job in terms of supporting enabling educating our existing customers and that i would say we we there's always room for improvement, but I would say we do a pretty damn good job of feeding that community. Where we don't do an awesome job and we're trying to get better at um, and trying to figure out and look at other folks is um, in terms of our prospects, people who aren't Panadoc customers, who don't know about us. Um, and I'm of the mindset, dude, I don't want to be a part of any more communities. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't, I have two Slack channels or Slack communities that I'm a part of. The Pandadog one for my work and social social, the one I called out earlier. I don't want to be a part of any other communities. I don't. <laughs> I, I have so many subscriptions I pay for. I realized I was part of Dave Gerhardt's, you know, Exit 5 community and I got charged for it. And I was like, shit, I forgot about that one. And I was like, I don't I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I I bring well, I that and I say that in jest, but I I try to I try to get that point across to my team who wants to build a Panadoc community and we constantly have internal debates about should we join an existing community, should we sponsor an existing community um, that already has a great following, that has, you know, legions of, you know, fanatics that are, that are you know, fueling it. Um, do we really need to reinvent the wheel? Do people really want another community to be a part of? So I would say my recommendation and tip here is if you have a group of existing customers, that's your community. And that yeah. is uh, where you should you know, invest in community, create content for them, make them laugh, entertain them, educate them, communicate with them, uh, make them feel special and welcomed. I think that's a much easier and uh, going back to your question of return on investment, I think that is a better mm. use of your time, energy and resources. And the, so we we touched on sort of webinars and, and pocket. Here we are on a webinar. Um, you know, what are some 
emerging trends in digital marketing that, that businesses should be aware of? So the reason I bring up sort of webinars and podcasts is that they've been around for a long time, but in recent years, they've seen a real, you know, growth in, uh, in, in people use, using them. So what are emerging trends that, that businesses need to be aware of? And do you have any tips about podcast and webinar creation? I'll start with the first question of trends, um, evangelism. So what does that even mean? Like I started to see a couple of people I, I've been following on social media with their new titles of like lead evangelist or chief evangelist. I'm like, the hell is that? And it's going back to what we talked about earlier, Joe, which is like you recognize a face and you connect it to a brand. And I think that is going to be continuing to be a much larger trend where uh, you're reaching out to that evangelist and as an almost like a, and you're becoming like an inbound engine for your organization and i got hit up today literally an hour before this we we started to sit down to do this webinar together joe and i shared it you know on slack saying look here's another one that's come in um and it's not to be braggadocious but it is to show that like uh the effort i'm putting into posting and connecting and creating these parasocial relationships is having an impact on the business that doesn't always get seen uh, by our attribution tools. And I would say my my prediction is this is going to impact the B2B space so much more this year. You know, you're gonna see plenty more people becoming evangelists for their companies. And you're gonna start to know um, a person but like in front of the brand. And it's not always gonna be your CEO or your founder. It's gonna be somebody like me, a goofball that dresses up in a panda costume and you know twerks on camera so that would be my my prediction is uh trend emerging trend is is this evangelist role um tips for recording webinars and doing uh podcasts i got this tip when i was first deciding that we wanted to create a podcast an ongoing uh, audio video multimedia series here at panadoc which is like the world does not need another sales podcast or insert, you know, marketing podcast. I think that when you sit down to create a new um, form of content or an ongoing series or a limited series, whatever it is that you're going to put all your time and energy into is like, can we not just do what everybody else is doing? Let's bring something different, even if it's a slight differentiation. And so for us, um, that's why when we created the Customer Engagement Lab podcast, we were like, we're going to blend comedy and education. And yeah, there were a few people already doing this, um, but they weren't doing it in quite the way that we were. So that would be my tip is try to find some sort of differentiation where you can confidently say to yourself and your team, there is nowhere else anyone can go for this specific mm. type of content. We are the ones that can do that in a in a way that nobody else is quite doing that i think you're, you're absolutely right it's it's almost not not to say that if you're creating a new podcast it doesn't maybe gimmick is the wrong word but it needs to have a, a, a fresh format doesn't it It can't just be oh we take a, a sideways look at the the week's news there are, as you say it's ubiquitous there's so many of us you absolutely have to nail down a new format and a new way of doing things i think you're absolutely right there so yeah. then how often should you review or tweak your content even to find out what's working? 
I would say our format for how we review and tweak content is when you're first starting out, my biggest recommendation is do a pilot. Just like network television runs a pilot episode of their show, do this internally and it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity to get feedback in a proof of concept format. So rather than some pie in the sky, you know, script that someone's reviewing, some founder or C-level is like, the hell is this? Like, you want to create a podcast and, you know, these are just the questions you're going to ask? No, no, no. We actually recorded a pilot episode and we want to show it to you. I know you don't have a lot of time. Could you just watch 15 minutes of this, you know, 30-minute thing? No, it's never going to see the light of day. But we went bold and we wanted to try something different. And this is your opportunity to say, I like this, do more of this. I didn't like this. Here's why. And that's when you're first starting out. When it comes to, and then that way you can make those tweaks and those adjustments. Um, and then when you're trying to, you know, when should you review your content? We do like an annual outward feedback uh, period pretty much every year with our video content, our podcast, and our social media content. We send out a survey both internally uh, and it's voluntary. So it's just like, hey, have you liked what you've seen? You know, as an employee of Panadoc, you know, do you like the, you know, the content we're covering? Would you like to see different topics? Here are some suggestions and recommendations. And I, I actually got that. Um, I think it was Spotify sent me a survey. I want to say this year we're like, hey, as a Spotify premium user or podcaster or whatever it was, um, we'd love your feedback. Can you give us 10 minutes? And they, and they were like, we have this idea of a concept of something we want to bring to market as a Spotify user, you know, give us some feedback and that kind of, I took the style of questions and copy and pasted them into a document. And then I put it into, um, not survey monkey, but one of those tools and then sent it out both internally first and then externally to our customers and any of our prospects that we're willing to on our kind of like uh, subscriber lists of email. I think I got a couple hundred responses, which was good. And then used that feedback, shared it with the team and then used it to kind of make some tweaks and example. Joe, if you're like, okay, cool. What kind of tweaks have you made? Um, it started out where our podcast was me and my co-host, another uh, Panadoc employee. And we would occasionally, our format was basically 10 or 15 minutes of him and I, you know, joking around, covering a topic, doing a segment together. And then we'd bring in a guest for about 15, 20 minutes. And so it was kind of broken up into those two halves. And then unfortunately my co-host, he quit Panadoc, he went to go work in another company. So I kind of took ownership of the show and I asked for some feedback and wanted to make some tweaks to the show. And I wasn't sure who I was gonna replace him with. I ended up never replacing him and just kind of have a you know, recurring, uh, like rolling door of, of guests coming in. But one of the pieces of feedback that I loved was somebody was like, I would love it if Travis could do a round table with multiple guests and multiple voices. And that's now become, a staple of our show where every three or four episodes I do a round table with me plus three guests. I play host and then you get to hear a bunch of different voices and opinions um, and that have become some of our most popular episodes. So that tweak came directly mm. from audience feedback. Um, and then the last question about like how often should you review? I do a quarterly review for metrics and engagement and we look at a couple of different um, areas, mainly three areas, audience growth, social followers, impressions, engagement, email subscribers, podcast streams. Second one is brand growth, 
share of voice, share of search, new and unique website visitors. And then the third area that we review and do analysis on is on conversions, visit to inquiry conversion rate, and then core trials. Again, this pertains specifically to Panadoc because we're a SaaS tool, we have a free trial option. Um, and we report on those quarterly. And it's part of like a slide deck of a all hands marketing. And then that reports back up into the executive team, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very actionable tip you've given there in terms of, you know, sending out the surveys and business, you know, internally and externally. That's fantastic. So I'm going to reference the, um, the ADA model. And for those of you who aren't aware, that stands for awareness, interest, desire, and action. Is this something you keep in mind when creating your content? Absolutely. We use a similar framework. It's a little bit different. It doesn't have as cool of an acronym, but basically our four kind of uh, funnel, I don't forget what you would call that, I guess, stages would be discover, learn, try, buy. And again, that is because of our product. It's a little bit different. Most of the work I do is gonna fall into discover and learn because I'm not necessarily a Panadoc product expert. I know it pretty well, but there are definitely people that know it way better than me. And I tend to tap those people to work with me uh, occasionally to create more of the uh, desire and action or try by um, stages of our funnel. My creative process, like we talked about earlier, Joe, would be a little bit too constrained if I started with that framework every single time and then worked outward. Like I said earlier, I do leave some room for flexibility of just like spur of the moment um, creativity. And I try to figure out which of the buckets it falls into and then we'll categorize it that way. I've only recently, after like two and a half years of creating content consistently, become much better. You will find if you are in marketing, uh, creators are not always the most organized people. Sometimes creativity and being bombastic and, you know, big personality, it doesn't always go hand in hand with being super forward thinking, great planning, super structured, type A kind of people. And so I try to do my best. And that's where we've had to hire some other people on our team to kind of keep me in line and keep me on track and help me stay organized and a bit more mature about how um, we go about organizing and planning out our content. Travis, I have one final question for you. Um, if you could give everybody watching this one final top tip, actionable hack to take away today, what was the one key thing you want everyone to go away and do following this conversation? Can I give one piece of advice and then one actionable tip? Is that allowed? But on this occasion, I will allow that. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So my piece of advice is life is too short to either market or sell a crappy B2B SaaS product that you don't use or really believe in very much. And I learned that the hard way. Um, I have worked for companies where I just, I didn't believe in the product and it was just because it wasn't wasn't great it wasn't a great product okay um so life is too short so that if you're lacking in motivation because you're like i don't even use this thing or like i don't know how it benefits my company or benefits me 
Um, one of the other questions that I prepared for, but you didn't ask, and I'm going to answer it anyway, is what does success look like? And um, for me, success is having fun at my job. This is what I love doing. I love meeting with people like you and, and creating relationships and friendships, um, Joe, and like following your career journey. Um, so that's the first part. Second part is if I can make an impact on my company's bottom line, that's awesome. Um, I really want to help. You know, I know the goal of a business is to make money. I get it. I'm not disillusioned. Um, and I want to I try to help. And then if I can help the people in my network, in this case, I now, in this stage and journey of my career, I work at a digital document e-signature company. They need a digital document tool. Awesome. I think Pandoc's a great one. There's other great ones too. Um, I would love for them to check it out. Um, so those are the three things that give me success. And, and I, I want people to recognize that as well. And um, yeah, that's my, that's my life advice. Life is too short. Um, go work for a company you believe in. A tool, maybe you've worked at a job and you're, you used a tool and you really liked it. And you're like, man, you know what? I could be an evangelist for this tool and go to that company and, and, and market the hell out of it because I've used it before. So that would be my actionable tip is um, when you're interviewing for a job, whether you're in marketing or you're in sales, you're in customer success, you're in demand generation, um, don't necessarily just go work at any old company. Um, scrutinize their product or their service. Test it out. Try the free trial. Get a demo of it as like a, a you know a sleuth uh, customer and and see how it goes. And you will have a much better time working there. I promise you. So that's my actionable tip. <laughs> Travis Tyler, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, this Coffee Time talk. All right. Thank you. Well, there we go. That was Travis Tyler with Digital Marketing Hacks for 2023. Our key takeaways now. Look outside of the business world for inspiration and blend different sources such as sports shows, educational podcasts, and comedy podcasts for your digital marketing. Use internal volunteer influencers to add variety to your digital marketing. Have a strategy in place for monthly requests to your employees to create their own content for the company. Review your marketing annually by sending out surveys to get feedback from internal and external sources. Don't be afraid to pilot the content and get feedback before making any changes to that content format. Thanks again to Travis and thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another Essential B2B podcast next week.